Hi, I'm Eric Darst, the lead teaching pastor at LifePoint Church. I wanted to just take a second and say thank you for listening to this week's podcast. My hope and prayer is that you would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ this holiday season. May you be encouraged as we continue through our series on celebrating Christmas. May God bless. So it was in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city named Galilee. And the angel of the Lord, he came to Mary and he said, greetings, O favored one. And at this, she was greatly troubled. Can you imagine the moment that an angel of the Lord just appears to you? It says, it says that she was, she was troubled, greatly troubled, saying, um, what, what, kind of, what kind of greeting is this? And then the angel said, don't be afraid. Mary, you found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and you will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father's David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can that be? I'm a virgin. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born. The child will be born, and he will be called Holy, the Son of God. Christmas. It means that a king has been born. Advent, that word, it means coming or arrival. Christmas, it means that the king has come. The king has arrived. The blessed one, the holy one, the son of God has come. You shall call his name Jesus, and he has come. And his kingdom, it'll be an everlasting kingdom. His kingdom will be forever and ever, and he will rule forever and ever. And his kingdom, his kingdom will be made up of millions and millions and millions of saved sinners. In Luke chapter 2, it says, it says that I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. It's good news. It's good news that Christ has come. It's good news that Christ has been born. But, but the question that we need to ask ourselves is, is why is it good news? I mean, what is the good news that we gather in this evening, in this place tonight? What is the good news? And, and why is a baby being born 2,000 years ago in a manger good news for me? What is the good news for all the people? What is that good news? Well, I want you to imagine for a moment that you're a soldier of war. And I want you to imagine just for a moment that you, 
have traveled into enemy territory. And, and the enemy, they, they surround you and they gather around you and then they finally take you captive. They, they capture you and they take you and they bring you to a prison cell or a prison camp or something where they bring all the prisoners and they, they strip you down and they, they throw you into this, to this place with all these other prisoners and, and you've been there and you're captured and your family's there and they've been captured and you're looking around and you're asking yourself, what is this? Where am I? And you're there for months upon months, maybe years upon years. You've seen the seasons change. You've seen it go from from 100 degree heat to zero degree cold. And you know what it is to be hungry. And you know what it is to be weary. And you know what it is to be exhausted. And you're there in your weakness And you're wondering after year after year if you're ever going to make it out. You come to realize that one of your fellow prisoners has smuggled in a little transistor radio. And so from time to time what you would do is you would gather together with the other prisoners not too often because you know that's the only batteries that you've got and once they're gone, they're gone. And so every once in a while you would gather together and you would, you would listen. You would just listen to the radio, listening for any news, any, any news of the war. Not, not, not too loud because you know that the enemy's watching. But time to time you would get together and you would, you would listen Now imagine, early one morning, you turn it on and you're listening very intently and you hear the news that the allies, your fellow soldiers, they've moved in and they've defeated the enemy. You you hear that morning that your troops, your fellow soldiers are moving north to where you are, and they're coming. They're coming to rescue you. Imagine what that good news would be like, the power in the good news when you, when you hear that the war has been won, when you hear that the troops are coming. Now listen, your situation hasn't changed because you're still hungry. And you're still behind the fences and and some of your friends, they're sick. Some of them aren't going to make it. You're there and rescue's on the way. Imagine. Imagine how in that moment when you hear the good news, how everything changes. Year after year, you've been Captured year after year, you've been enslaved. Year after year, you've been pressed. But, but today, you know that salvation is coming. You know that your troops are moving to set you free. The power that is in good news, the power that the, that the prisoners are receiving right now, the, it's a message of hope. It is good news of great joy, and your situation hasn't changed, but you know the news is coming, that they're on their way to set you free. So why Christmas? 
Why is the story of Christmas good news for you and I? Well, I want to show you a text in Hebrews chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can go there or I can put it up on the screen for you. But it's a powerful passage that helps remind us why, why Christmas is good news. Look, look, in, look in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Since therefore the children... And the children there, the children in this passage, the children here are the children of God. They're the ones who are Christians. They're the ones who put their faith in Jesus Christ. And they're the children of God. And therefore, since the children of God share in flesh and blood, and flesh and blood is, 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 is exactly what you think it is. It's your blood. It's your flesh. It's your body. It's, it's your heartbeat. It's your flesh. It says, since the children of God are flesh and blood... He himself likewise partake, partook of the same things. It means God, because his children are flesh and blood, he himself came and put on flesh and blood. But, but why would he do that? Look at what it says. Since the children of God are made up of flesh and blood, God himself likewise put on flesh and blood, put on the same things, so that through death, I, I need you to see that, because, because God cannot die. God is eternal. God is immortal. God is unperishable. And God knows that there is, a, there is a wage of sin. There is a penalty for sin of everything that separates you and me from God. And there is a penalty for that sin. And it is death. And God is there saying, I must die, but I can't die because I'm God. And the only way I can die is if I put on something that's perishable. If I put on flesh and blood, that's the only way that I can pay for sin. God is eternal. And it says that Jesus was born to die. You see, the death and the cross of Jesus was the reason why he had to be born. That's what we're celebrating. It says, it says therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise had to put on flesh and blood, the same things, so that through death he might destroy. He might, he might destroy the one who has power over death, that is the devil. See, Jesus was born to die. And the death of Jesus would destroy sin and death once and for all. And it says that the death of Jesus would destroy the devil, would destroy the enemy once and for all. Jesus was born so that he could die. And the reason why he had to die is so that he could destroy the works of the devil. The enemy. To destroy sin and death. And now that sounds like good news of great joy, doesn't it? 
That sounds like good news of great joy for those who are captive. That sounds like good news and great joy for those who are, who are imprisoned to sin and death and slavery. But that's, that's not all. Look at what it says in verse 15. It says that he came so that he would die, and in his death he might destroy the one who has the power over death, that is the devil, and deliver, which means set free all of those who through the fear of death were subject to a lifelong slavery. Jesus was born to die so that he could destroy the enemy, so that he could deliver us from fear of death. And lifelong slavery. Jesus put on flesh because if he didn't, he couldn't die. But the whole reason he put on flesh is so that he could die. And the reason why Jesus was born is so that he could die. And the reason why he had to die is so that he could destroy the devil and he could destroy sin and he could destroy death and he could set us free from slavery. That's good news of great joy for all people. Now, now this word, this word destroy, it's, it's, not, it's not meaning to just simply put out of existence. But this, this word destroy, uh, this, this Jesus dying, what it does is it, it strips the enemy of every weapon. It disarms the enemies of their guns and their pistols and everything that could hold us hostage, everything that's keeping us there. It says that this word destroy, it means that he disarms the weapons of the enemy. He disarms the weapons of the devil. He takes it right out of his hands. And and an amazing verse to show you this is Colossians chapter 2. Watch this. Colossians chapter 2. Verse 13, it says, and you, which is you and me, it says every one of you have gone astray. It says every one of us has turned to his own way. Every one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us. And this says, and you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your heart. Which means that because of all my wickedness, because of all my evil thoughts, all of the ways that I think my way is better than God's way, all the ways that I feel like I'm smarter than God and I'm going to do my thing rather than God's thing. Everything that separates me, every thought, every unrighteous action, everything that separates me from God, it says you were dead and it's deserving death and you were dead in your trespasses and your sins. But God made alive together with him Now watch this, having forgiven us all our trespasses. I tell you guys this all the time. Every trespass, every sin, every wicked thought, every evil action, past, present, and future, 
Every sin had been forgiven in Christ and he grabs us and he makes us alive together with him having forgiven us all of our trespasses. How does he forgive us? By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. He set it aside and he nailed it to the cross. And when he nailed it to the cross, he disarmed the rulers and the authorities. That's the devil and all of his minions and all of his lies. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and he put them to open shame by triumphing over them, having victory over them in him. We are enslaved and trapped and encompassed with a record of debt. We are enslaved by sin. We have the wage of sin, which must be paid, which is death. And every thought and every penalty that we've done against God, it is a penalty of fear. But what this just said is that Christ came. Christ was born, and he was born to die, and his death has forgiven all of our debt. He canceled our debt once and for all. How did he do that? He nailed it to the cross, all of it. And by doing so, he disarmed the enemy of holding you captive anymore. You know, the devil, he's a great accuser. Some of you know this very well. He's a great accuser, and he keeps people in slavery by constantly accusing you and accusing you and accusing you. You're not good. You're not right. You're not good. You're not righteous. You're not holy. And God would never like you. If God really knew you, if he really knew your thoughts, if he really knew your motives, if he really knew your actions, if God really knew you, there's no way he would delight in you. There's no way he would love you. Look at you. And the accuser, day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night, accusing, 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 bringing this this file folder full of record of debt of how unworthy you are to stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Look at this file. Look at this debt. Accusation after accusation after accusation. But Jesus canceled the record of debt by taking the folder, taking every accusation and nailing it to the cross and saying, it's finished. It's finished. No more accusation, no more slavery, no more debt, no more sin, no more suffering, no more pain. You're free now. That's what Jesus came to do. Yeah, you can celebrate that. Heck yes. Jesus was born to die so that he could triumph over sin and death and the devil and to bring freedom to anyone, everywhere. Anyone who would put their hope in him can have everlasting joy of freedom and new life. And if we're free, we are free because the devil's been destroyed. And the devil's been destroyed because Jesus died. And Jesus died because he put on flesh. And Jesus put on flesh when he was born of a virgin. And that is why Christmas is good news of great joy. It's why tonight we can stand and sing and proclaim and tell each other in this room 
Merry Christmas. Tonight, I pray that you would receive the good news of great joy in your life. That you would call upon Jesus as Lord and King and Savior of your life. Strip every accusation away because your faith is based upon Jesus, his birth, his death, and new life. So tonight, I would ask you to join me as we come and adore him, the Savior of the world. Let's pray. Lord, tonight, Lord, tonight I don't want to just simply be nostalgic, but tonight I want to be in awe of you. Tonight I want to just simply say I adore you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, without your coming and being born, there would be no death for me, and you paid the price for me. And I pray for those of us in this room that maybe need to hear for the first time your voice to my heart. Would you speak to me, God? Would you not only speak to my heart, but tell me that this is true for me, that it's good news for me, that it's great joy for me. God, I need you. If you're here tonight and you've never, you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and you've You've never asked Jesus to be your Savior. You've never ultimately made him your king. You've never made him your salvation. Then tonight, I want to tell you that the Bible says that he's not far from us, that he hears us, he hears the cries of his people. And so tonight, I would encourage you before this night is over, before you walk out of here tonight, that you would just confess you need Jesus to forgive you. And I pray that his voice will say yes and you'll hear it and every accusation will be gone every fear of death will be gone and that as we celebrate the Savior's birth you can also celebrate your new birth spiritual birth in Jesus Christ for others of you you've come into this place and, and you've been accused among accused Upon accused, tonight, may your hope and strength and your victory be in Jesus Christ, the one who was born and the one who died and the one who set you free. Sing to him, praise him, rejoice in him tonight with me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. LifePoint Church exists to engage, encourage, and equip through the gospel for the glory of God. Therefore, it is our prayer that the word of God would be an encouragement to your heart and lead you into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. If you would like to support the ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at thelifepointconnection.com. 
May God bless and may your life point to Christ everywhere in every way.